Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. Another miserable night to be a Knicks fan as the Knicks fell 124 to 117 to the Bradley Beal-less uh, Washington Wizards. Kemba Walker was incredible, 44 points. The issue was no one else on the Knicks was even average. Maybe Alec Burks, maybe Julius Randle. I don't know. It was a rough night, Alex. Yeah, we're going to talk about why this is probably one of the most disappointing losses of the season so far. Uh, why? I, I don't know. I expected more out of Julius Randle than we got in this game for sure. Uh, we'll talk some about that, about just what led to this game ending up squandering probably the best game of Kemba Walker's last three years or so of his career. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that, get into Kemba's game, of course, and talk about why he was so great despite the rest of his team being terrible. And then we'll also talk about the Derrick Rose injury to close out uh, the implications that that's going to have for the Knicks with him now out six to eight weeks with ankle surgery. Uh, so all that's coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up and left. Now fires it. And he's good. And he's fouled. And he Anthony for three. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. We wanted to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day we are now available on all platforms, including, and you know this, if you are seeing our debatably beautiful faces on YouTube, comment if you agree, comment if you disagree. Throw a like, throw a subscription. Regardless, I am Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the finest Knicks website on the internet. They do recaps for games like this one. They have tons of great merch. They have a Patreon where you can get some fantastic podcasts and other content and benefits. Alex will come over to your house and massage you while you watch a Knicks game if you if you go for the $5,000 tier. So that's really exciting. <laughs> a new addition that has not been announced until this very moment. Uh, the New York Knicks falling 124 to 117 to the Washington Wizards. Kemba Walker turned back the clock. An insanely good game. Maybe the Knicks' best performance in a year plus. Like the Julius Randle Hawks game is the other one that comes to mind for me. Uh, but it was not enough because he got very, very little help, Alex. Yeah, I mean, that was unfortunately the big story to me. And like we when we were before the show discussing, like, okay, what do we want to talk about? Like, we should want to talk about Kemba scoring 44 first but my first thought is just like this game was terrible this was this was easily one of the most disappointing games of the entire season it, it probably is the most disappointing game of the entire season to me because I just don't understand why this team is like allergic to building multi-game momentum you know it seems like every time that we get our hopes up and say you know other than the the five and one start when obviously you know that everything was clicking for a few games and they were looking really good Ever since then, it kind of just seems like, you know, they'll win a game and then just like completely crap the bed the next game and go on like a three game losing streak. And then they'll win one and foolishly make us think like, yes, this these are the things that we need to see out of you guys. Yes. Mitchell Robinson in the last game, you know, you looked like a force of nature, like 
oh, you're, you're back in the starting lineup in this game. Make the most of it. And then he comes out and just kind of looks – he gets, quite frankly, like bullied by Daniel Gafford and made to look terrible. You know, and it's like Daniel Gafford is not a guy that should be giving you trouble. Like we're hoping that you can play against someone like Joel Embiid. You know, like why is Daniel Gafford giving you fits right now? And, you know, then it's like, you know, Julius Randle, like is it so much to ask that you give not even 100%, let's just say you give 80% for the entire game at minimum and then 100% when it really counts. That would be fine. But unfortunately, we see Julius go into like cruise control through half a game sometimes, you know, he came out and almost single-handedly like took the Knicks out of this game in the early third quarter. And it was just, it was terrible. It's like Kemba Walker had 28 points at the half. How, how are you not more excited? How are you not like more enthused and ready to get your first two game win streak in what feels like forever. And, you know, they, they did so many things well at times in this game, mostly Kemba based, and, you know, ultimately, though, just they could never do enough good things to to make this game happen, you know, to make this win happen. And it's just it's so frustrating seeing the Knicks just like time after time get our hopes up and think like, oh, this game really meant something like like the last game. I granted it was against the Pistons, but we saw a lot of good things happen in that game. And, you know, to then turn around and have this game against the Wizards who learn right before the game basically that they're not going to have Bradley Beal, their top scorer, which like I, I saw you joked on Twitter and, and, you, and you joked before we started, like the wizards are four and oh without him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but he's their best player period. Like, you know, it, it's the rough equivalent of if like Julius Randall was actually playing super good and had to be out for the Knicks. Like that would be a blow. That's that takes away a lot of what you do as a team. And although maybe it's, we, maybe we just need to see Julius out for a game or two at this point, see what the team looks like. It just, give him a little reality check but anyway i i don't know i'm i i'm I'm rambling too much gavin i mean i'll just throw it to you like how are you feeling as this game like because i honestly this is probably the most like angry and dejected i've been after a knicks game this season i I think which is really saying something because there's been some real stinkers so far this year yeah, maybe I'm in an even scarier place. I'm in a place of acceptance, right? I mean, this is this is basically who the Knicks have been all year. We'll, we'll get into it more in the third segment, right? But, I mean, Derrick Rose is is along with Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin. They're swing pieces this year. Like, you look at all their best lineups, it's, it's those three guys pretty much. And Obi and, and Rose in particular are, are, are really the common factors in, in driving the bench to all those dominant stretches. Rose on the season, again, it's hard to divorce his success from Obi, but this is something that Fred Katz pointed out. Uh, the Knicks are essentially 13 points better per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. That's the difference between the 25 and 5 Suns and the 11 and 21 Pelicans. So it makes sense. Like they, this is who they've been all year. They, they've sucked when they haven't had Derrick Rose. They've sucked when they haven't had Obi Toppin. Uh, they didn't have Derrick Rose. They had like a half version of Obi Toppin who was inexplicably playing uh, small forward for portions of the first half because Tibbs loves the uh, Taj at the four experiment. Also, they're obviously very low on guys. Um, that did not work out. That was that was a really bad stretch. It was a bad stretch when they tried Randall the three as well um but this is pretty much who the knicks are and even against the wizards team that is very average with bradley beal and um a record aside probably pretty average without him uh there just wasn't really enough there despite kemba's insane night which i think should have covered up for any other flaws to your point but you, you just look up and down the team and i mean it was 
it was Randall getting going late, uh, but still really, really struggling with his shot, struggling to make an impact. Like didn't really have a stretch where he was, he was dominant until it was too late. Uh, Evan Fournier, I thought was just, I mean, that, that's the name I'll, I'll focus on. He was just an absolute disaster on both ends of the floor. Two for 13 did hit that one big shot off the bench in, in the closing minutes. But outside of that, uh, really, really struggled offensively, probably his worst defensive performance this year, which if you've been listening to us or, or have a pair of eyeballs and are interested in the New York Knicks, uh, you are well aware of is, is a very high bar uh, for, for it to be his worst defensive performance of the season. But it was, he was, he was an absolute turnstile. Um, and time and time again, he just got, he kept getting other guys in trouble. Like it would be Mitchell Robinson having to scramble out of position to try and, and cover up for his mistake. And, and, and they gave up a, a lot of lobs and, and give the wizards credit. They were getting tons of assists, but it's easy to get assists when you, when you get that initial penetration and all of a sudden a defense is in rotation. So he, again, just, I, I'm not even dispirited because all this says to me is guys like Miles McBride and Quentin Grimes and, and of course Emmanuel Quickly will have their chance when they get back to health. And I think this could be a very different team with them playing significant minutes. Maybe, maybe not more successful, but at the very least a lot more fun. Yeah, and at the very least giving us something to look forward to because a game like this, if you don't get a win, becomes worthless. I mean, li- literally, you could just throw this game out the window. It doesn't matter at this point. You know, there were no positive takeaways from this because even with Kemba scoring 44 points, like the only young guy that played that got significant run because like Toppin got 13 minutes, but Tibbs basically alluded that all the guys that were in COVID protocols, he didn't think were quite up to snuff, like conditioning wise yet. They hadn't gotten into practice or anything. So RJ was in street clothes, Grimes dressed, but you know, Tibbs said after the game, he just wasn't ready yet. And Obi clearly he thought wasn't ready for a decent amount of minutes because he went with like the bizarre like Taj at the three or I guess four with Julius at the three lineup when there was like no reason to go to that in this game if Obi was healthy. Uh, Just just weird, weird stuff, Um, you know, and obviously went with like Daniel House, uh, who literally just got signed off the street today and uh, Damian Dotson over. Uh, playing Quentin Grimes thanks to the the conditioning there. So, you know, it's it's just like the vets who kind of suck. And, you know, like at least in the case of Fournier and, and Randall today and, you know, a bunch of replacement players today. So what do you get out of this game? Like nothing. That's why it's so dispiriting because without a win here against a team that I think it was pretty obvious that if the Knicks had tried, in this game, they were a better team than the wizards, uh, you know, in, on this particular night. Cause the wizards didn't exactly look like world beaters either, but like lackadaisical defense, letting up dagger threes, like inviting dagger threes to happen. Of course they did eventually because the, the other team wasn't giving the Knicks easy looks, but the Knicks were giving the other team every opportunity to just like finish the game off and win it. And that's exactly what the wizards did. So, you know, props to them for actually making the shots that were being gifted to them. But like, for example, there was just the, the possession that made me want to just like throw something out by TV late in the game was like it, uh, some wizard drove into the paint. I forget who it was and went to kick to the corner uh, to find Aaron holiday, who was like all alone in the corner with some defenders that could have started trying to rotate to him, but didn't even make an attempt. Mitchell Robinson gets his hand up and, you know, wasn't, he wasn't exactly, uh, uh, the most active guy all night. And I really didn't like, again, how he just got like completely worked by uh, um, 
oh my god, Daniel Gafford, whose name I almost forgot, but like manages to get a hand up, deflects the pass, gives the Knicks an extra second to recover because it was still going towards Holiday, but it was vastly slowed down. He had to move a little out of position, uh, out of position to get it, and nobody even goes for it. Mitch has to like fight through a couple bodies to try to just get close enough to even contest the shot, and it's just like a perfect silky smooth jumper because Holiday had like like seven minutes to like sit there order a cappuccino wait for it to cool take a couple sips and then take a shot before you know anyone was even in the vicinity and it's just like there's no way you're gonna win games i don't care if kemba walker scores 75 points you're you're not gonna win those games if you're giving up shots like that and that's that's the most frustrating part about this team is that they can't seem to even in imminently winnable games they can't seem to find it in themselves to just do the little things to actually win a game they just seem completely content to lose them at this point. Well, Alex, it sounds like you want to unsubscribe from this next season. I'll tell you how to do just I that. Do. <laughs> you have to get uh, Truebill. Uh, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. These companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple, just like your accounts in Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill's over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. And today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. We have a raspberry or mint brownie, a cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. No offense to peanut butter brownie. It's always cookies and cream. And Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Though today is Christmas Eve. So I desperately hope if you celebrate Christmas that you're done shopping by today because the stores are cleaned TF out. Uh, I would not want to be out there right now. Or maybe you're just standing in endless shopping lines. Okay, maybe you forgot a turkey or something and you need to get that. Or a ham, Christmas ham, whatever. Fine. Okay, if you're waiting in line, though, you might want a Bilt Bar. It'll, it'll help you out a lot. Give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. And if you're friends with Santa, make sure to write him a last-minute note. Tell him to throw some Bilt Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, it'll make your Christmas morning a happy one. So if you want to get some Bilt Bars for yourself, go to Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15. For 15% off at built.com. All right, Gavin, For uh, at risk of, you know, uh, after all that holiday built bar talk, uh, at risk of sounding like a Grinch uh, and, and not celebrating the one good thing about this game, I feel like we should talk about the Kemba Walker performance at this point. Uh, so obviously, amazing stat line from Kemba. Plays 43 minutes, uh, shoots 14 to 27, 7 to 14 from three, 9 to 9 from the free throw line, which is very impressive. 44 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. I did not realize how close he was to a triple double. That's crazy. Uh, and I mean, honestly, it was, it has to be probably his best performance since Charlotte. I, I can't, I don't have all of his 
Boston game logs in front of me, but I know that he can't have had a, a game this good since Charlotte. And this maybe even is better than his last year in Charlotte. I mean, this was this was vintage Campbell Walker. I mean, it was just I can't believe that this guy is the same guy that, I mean, legitimately did play bad enough to get benched early in the season. Early in the season, he was so tentative. He seemed like he was trying to find his way with the team, you know, and and that he was like trying to not step on toes. And as a result, was just not really going for shots. And it was it was just a huge mess. And, you know, this game, he played so confidently. And I mean, this was just sort of like the culmination of what we've seen since he's gotten his way back into the lineup, but he was, you know, looking for his own shot all the time. He was just saucing guys up off the dribble, just not even breaking ankles necessarily, but just, you know, using that amazing handle. That's probably at its best, like top 1% in the league um, as far as handles go. And just using that to his full advantage, you know, using that to generate step backs, using that to get into the lane, using that to, uh, set up his teammates even, you know, to create space for himself and use that to create opportunities for others. It was just beautiful basketball from Kemba. I mean, peak, peak, peak Kemba Walker and and the best of what he can bring you on a basketball court. And it was really, really fun to watch. And I mean, again, I, I'm so angry that the game itself was so terrible because this was one of the most enjoyable, like single game performances from a Nick in like the last, 10 to 15 years, I think at this point. Yeah, it was a real bummer. I mean, we we've wondered for years what Steph Curry would look like on the New York Knicks. This was, this is pretty much that right. Kemba just draining insane three after insane three. I think, well, he only had one where he got the four point play, but he had another one where he essentially got knocked down the three hit on the right wing over the double team in the fourth quarter. Um, and it just, it was one of those performances like where he just, he was like topping himself. Right. And he, it's, it's such, it's this amazing thing when a player gets in sync like that with the garden crowd. And it feels like as the crowd gets louder and louder, they're like, all right, well, I can, you guys haven't seen this yet. Or, oh yeah, you, you like all those threes, watch me toast this dude with a double crossover and, and get all the way to the rim. Oh, they're guarding me inside now behind the back, uh, leave a guy in a dust drain a straight on triple and then the shot he hit the end the half that was that was just the perfect capper of it where he was where he tried to get off that three right but he he basically stumbled didn't really have a clean look ends up falling down and hitting an eight footer with like two seconds left on the clock and the it, the confluence of that and mike breen's announcing like it, it was just and, and the crowd just just the perfect storm and i've i i've had very few moments where i've been more excited this season and, and to your point a shame that it was wasted but it was it was all the more painful because again he started having that Steph like effect in the second half where he's getting double teamed way out on top and that should have made life so easy on everyone else on the Knicks the one uh, Alec Burks was taking advantage of it in the first half he got I think three threes off of Kemba passes Obi Toppin had this great play in the fourth quarter I remember last year I would always say God, I'd love to see this guy get a chance to play with a, a Steph Curry or a Damian Lillard instead of an Alfred Payton because I think he could really be unlocked as a short roll passer or and as a rim runner, obviously. But but you we finally got a look at that where Kemba got double teamed through this really precise 
um, toss over the top to Obi, caught it in stride, double pump, wrap around to Mitch for a dunk. And I'm like, yeah, that's I would I would love to see more of that. And, and maybe we will, because Kemba Walker has a new lease on life as a New York Knicks, someone who we thought would probably never appear in a Knicks uniform again is all of a sudden their their starting point guard, I think, for the next eight weeks. Yeah, now he's the heart and soul of the Knicks. Like, go yeah. figure. You know, he goes from a pariah to, like, indispensable. <laughs> you know, it's just That sums up the how, season pretty well. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable how things change so quickly. But, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. I mean, with the Rose news, which we'll talk about in a second, like, obviously this means that Kemba is going to be – Kemba is going to be featured quite a bit now. Um, I, I think that he's locked down starting for a while. You know, if he keeps playing the way that he has the last three games, all the stuff that we said about – you know, yeah, his defense is definitely taking a hit, so he needs to play at a high level on offense. These past three games have been a perfectly high level on offense for him. Like, if he can become a 20-point-per-game scorer again, that's more than enough to make up for the defensive deficiencies. Like, then the guy that I'm going to start worrying about as far as the defensive deficiencies is Evan Fournier. Like, can Fournier, on nights when he's not shooting the ball, actually play defense? Because that comes in fits and spurts with him. And it seems... You know, if he's not hitting shots, at least somewhat consistently, he lets that affect him on the defensive end a lot. Unfortunately, you can say that a lot for Julius Randle, too. Uh, and so both those guys, I think, need to sort of figure their stuff out as far as, you know, being able to give that effort on the defensive end, even when things aren't working out on offense. Though, you know, I talked about that on here a couple shows ago. Like, I still I kind of think maybe there's something brewing where, those two in particular, Randall and Fournier, just don't really like each other because it just seems like, I don't know, they share the court with each other a lot of minutes. And in those particular minutes, they always seem pretty miserable. Uh, so I don't know. But let's let's take our last break here. We'll very quickly uh, let everybody know about betonline.ag and then talk about the Derrick Rose news, and which also sort of it combined with uh, the Kemba resurgence sort of makes a total story there. But first off, Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs, Bet Online, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right. And uh, so to lead off this, this final segment here, Gavin, uh, obviously we saw the news. It was very poorly timed, very inconsiderate for the news to break like an hour after we recorded our post-COVID uh, rotations pod, which we had to add like a little disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah. Like, yes, we heard the news, but no, we're not going to re-record this like 40 minutes. <laughs> we just did. Um, but, like they don't you know, think about us sometimes. It really, yeah, it really feels really, that way. I, I know it's not true, but it feels that way. Yeah. What What is Nick's PR even doing with these with the timing on these things, man? I just I don't, I don't understand it. But anyway, yeah. So the the Knicks announced yesterday, Derek Rose. Uh, or I, I don't know if the Knicks actually announced that one. It might have been a might have been a Shams tweet, or I know Woj gave the updated timetable. Anyway, the initial timetable we see is Derek Rose is out. He had ankle surgery uh, yesterday. He's going to be out eight weeks, and then will be reevaluated. That's pretty bleak. 
Um, and then we get Woj comes out and says, actually, I have the real scoop. He might only be out six weeks. So I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, six to eight weeks, let's say. And then he's going to be reevaluated and stuff. Probably out through at least the trading deadline and the all-star break uh, with that timetable. So a pretty long time. Rose is going to be out now. The Knicks do have that somewhat favorable schedule still coming up. I think Fred Katz was the one that tweeted it after the game that I think it's their next 14 games are all against teams that are currently under 500. So key stretch for the Knicks coming up here that they'll have to do something in without Derrick Rose. Uh, But once, you know, Rose comes back, hopefully he's going to be coming back to a playoff push situation, but might be coming back to a tire fire. So I guess we'll see. But Gavin, like what, it, what were your thoughts when this got announced? Um, and, you know, how do you think things are going to play out in Rose's absence here while he's not with the team? Yeah, I mean, I think it could shape the direction of the next season, right? Going towards a more tanky direction and not in an intentional sense. But we, we noted in the first segment, this team is just vastly different without Derrick Rose, or at least we think they are, right? Because we haven't really seen the the full roster, even Sands Rose, really get a chance to play together cohesively. And, and with that, I mean, Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes. And look, those two guys, they're not they are not going to be saviors, right? I don't want to overhype them on each having one great game, but they bring elements that I think could catalyze the rest of this Knicks team because we, we, we keep saying the separator between last year's Knicks and this year's Knicks is that effort, is the fact that regardless of shooting, they played with an intensity and, and heart and, and enthusiasm every single night. I, I think two rookies who, I, again, just play extremely hard can bring that out. And the rest of the team is all of a sudden, if you're Julius Randle or Evan Fournier, you look pretty bad if you're not running down the court and the, and the rookies doing it every single time. So I think, I think there's something to be said for that. And in, in terms of, I mean, what I keep saying, my stated mission is to make this season more fun. Uh, that is that is the positive I'm taking out of this. The other one is that Kemba Walker, I mean, seemingly has the, the Knicks back. And, and, and Derek Rose is a better defender than Kemba Walker, but it's not like he's, he's not spectacular on that end. So if Kemba can keep this up offensively, which is a very tall task, and we, we have to note, I mean, that that's sort of been the, where, where the rubber hits the road with Kemba the last few seasons. It's like, can he string it together for very long stretches? Like when, when he gets a long break, he comes back and looks really, really good. And then whatever's going on with his knee or his body in general, he just doesn't maintain that burst. And, and maybe that means Emmanuel, a lot of Emmanuel quickly, a lot of Deuce McBride to ensure that Kemba doesn't wear down like that. But if Kemba has one more great stretch of basketball in him, then this will be much less of a big deal for the Knicks than it otherwise would be, but um, inarguably uh, a consequential loss for New York. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate because, you know, like you said, the, some of the best lineups for the Knicks, especially during that early stretch when, you know, the, the starters were so pronouncedly bad, you know, where they the starters were like a minus 15 net rating and the bench was like a plus 20. You know, it was... Rose quickly Burks. I mean, that was like, and OB obviously, and then pick your center. But like those four just made such a dynamic combo because they were just always looking to push the pace, always looking to pass to each other, you know, whatever. And I do think that Rose has done a good job of, of sort of rubbing off on, on quickly and, you know, sort of instilling some of that in him. I think quickly is looking to push the pace a lot more now and be sort of the initiator uh in space and you know but he uses instead of roses like quick burst to get to the hoop quickly uses kind of more of like that decisiveness and shiftiness and whatever 
in transition, but he's looking to make those sort of passes that Rose was making before. I think quickly has good chemistry with Toppin still. I also think, you know, getting the opportunity to see Deuce McBride maybe run with that, uh, with that bench unit will be a good thing, especially, you know, if Kemba can keep playing well as a starter now, which I just, I can't believe how quickly the, our brains and the discourse and everything has shifted in like three games. But I mean, it was literally, we went from like, Kemba's not, <laughs> Kemba's never going to play another minute for the Knicks to, oh, well, that was fun. It was nice that Kemba got one last hurrah to like, all right, maybe the Knicks should start carving out some minutes for Kemba off the bench. So now like, oh yeah, well, Rose is injured now, so Kemba's just going to be the starter for the rest of the season after we thought that he was dead in the water like three days ago. <laughs> but uh, it feels like, I don't know if you're an office fan, but it feels like when Ryan came back with blonde hair and then they were like, <laughs> oh, oh, wow, Ryan's back. That's weird. And then he's like, and then all of a sudden they're running the office again. Yeah, yeah, or or honestly, almost like, yeah, I guess I guess that would work. Or even when Ryan comes back as the boss, when it's just like yeah, completely yeah, yeah. out of left field, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, you were the temp like five days ago, and now you're the the manager of the whole freaking. Joint. Yeah, we just need Kemba to have like a beard and like yeah. and just and and treat Tibbs as Michael Scott in that scenario and just bully I mean, him. Yeah, Kemba could just like I guess instead of the beard because he already has one, like get the blonde tips maybe. Yeah, uh, you know, so he'll, the, he'll use the first it, analogy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a a, li- a little bit of a pivot off this, but is Tibbs pissed right now? Like, is some element of him annoyed? Like, he's like obviously like he's he's a homicidal maniac in terms of wanting to win. So he, I'm sure he loved watching Kemba do that overall. But some part of him has to be like, you're making me look so bad right now, dude. I don't think so. Like, I think ultimately Tibbs, the one thing that I sort of believe about what he says, even though he doesn't really put it into practice that often I think that he doesn't care about being right or wrong as long as the team's winning because he's obviously he's made some suspect decisions both years so far I mean with like the elf thing I think you know he'll ride that till the day he dies of like yeah well we were still winning with him as starting point guard so clearly it was fine and all of us just kept wanting to be like yeah but why keep shooting yourself in the foot over and over in the beginning of games and Tibbs' explanation was basically like well it's working and so I think that's what it is with Kemba. Like he saw something that wasn't working. He took Kemba out. Now, of course, the win-loss record didn't reflect the Knicks being better, but they at least were playing better and, you know, lost a number of really close games to really good teams. So you could sort of say, like, okay, there's progress here, you know, whatever. Like maybe removing Kemba was an a, you know, an okay thing to do. Then the team starts kind of backsliding again. Now Kemba gets back in. I don't think Tibbs really cares. I think he's just like, whatever, like. He even said it after the last game, and part of it's politicking, but like he's like, I love Kemba Walker. I love seeing him play good, but I'm just going to keep trying to play the players that can win us games. And I, I also think the Tibbs maybe this year instead of last year, where last year was like a found money year, Tibbs knows that there's expectations on this year. So if he's got to eat a little bit of crow here and there and make some lineup decisions, which like I give him credit, he hasn't always made the right ones, but he's made lineup decisions more often than he did last year. That's for sure as far as moving guys in and out of the starting lineup and, and out of the rotation, um, you know, sometimes sometimes just by force of needing to do it, like recently, but even before the COVID outbreak, he was doing that a lot. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's feeling super spiteful about this. I think that he's just kind of – he wants wins, you know, and, and if Kemba's going to give him a chance to win right now, he's going to keep riding him, you know, and see if he can do that for him. And, and ultimately it'll all be under the bridge if – if the Knicks do start stringing some wings together, wins together, but 
yeah, as of right now, I think he's just kind of like, whatever, you know, say I'm wrong. I, I don't care. I think I was right in the moment, but I'm right now to have him back in the rotation too. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's, let's roll through some, some final notes on this one. I'm going to, I know you just talked for a bit, but I'm going to throw it right back to you because I, I know you wanted to get in uh, some stuff on Julius Randall. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know my general. So I'll throw this, I'll, I'll make it quick and then throw it back to you because I know we had kind of differing opinions, but I don't want to spend too long on Julius, but like on the surface, if you just were like stat watching, Julius had an okay game, like 10 to 22 shooting, uh, 23 points, nine rebounds, two assists. Like, cool. Yeah. That's not a bad stat line, but to me, I just, I hated this game from him. You know, I, I'm getting really tired of seeing, and, and look, I'm not saying that this is what it is because we don't, we're not in Julius Randall's brain or anything, but the way that he came out to start the second half, it comes across like he's pouting that, like he's not getting the shine or something because I don't know how you could come out in the second half completely lackadaisical. I mean, he was taking horrible shots. He wasn't taking care of the ball. He wasn't making great passes. And it's just like, why is he even playing at this point? Like, if he, And he wasn't trying on defense, which is probably the biggest, the most egregious thing with him is that, you know, there was a sequence at one point where he, I think it was he drove in and thought he got fouled. And did his usual thing where he complained about it for a second and then, you know, got back on defense and, and, you know, the, like the wizards weren't exactly on a fast break. So he got back and on that very next, you know, possession for the wizards got switched onto, I think, I think it was holiday on that possession and just like totally mails in a very defendable possession. Like we've seen Julius Randall at the point of attack when he's engaged bottle guards up. And we saw that last year, almost every game, you know, the teams would try to test him on a switch and he would just bottle somebody up and like make them regret the decision that they wanted to ISO against him. And in this game, it was just like, he just kept rolling the red carpet out. And like, I'm getting really tired of that level of effort from him. It's sort of like the same thing that I've been talking about with Mitch and, and you know, even with like 48 to a degree and stuff, it's just like, I don't understand why this team has like this. Some nights it almost seems like they're controlled by a hive mind that's either like having a crappy night or having a great night. But more often than not lately, it's a crappy night and like almost everybody will be affected. And, you know, they, they all seem like they're just Debbie Downers out there and just not interested in playing winning basketball and just like persevering through things. They're more interested in just like complaining about calls, not playing defense and then wondering why they're getting called for fouls and stuff like it's it, the and unfortunately like Julius Randle is the leader of this team. He led this team to a really good season last year. He got the big extension uh you know in the off season to to you know recognize that and now he's just kind of like half mailing it in most of the time lately and and you know I I just I'm getting tired of seeing like the best player on the team who we know is the best player because of how he played last year just consistently lollygag and like mail it in for entire quarters at a time to the point where then if he plays better later on, it doesn't even make up for it. Yeah. He is, he is two for his last 18 from three over the last three games. And I think that he is getting to the point where he's extremely frustrated with the Knicks lack of spacing. And it's this weird thing, right? Because that was supposed to be like, I've said this before, but that was supposed to be the element of this team that was undebatably better this year than it was last year. And it's just, 
It just hasn't been the case. And, and I think a big portion of that is that Randall himself is not the same three-point shooter, right? Like he, he created his own space a season ago. And this year you see him when he's driving and he, he threw some great passes out of him. But I remember the one at the end of the game where he was literally triple teamed when he, when he got to the basket. And that's, that's where I have a little bit of sympathy for the guy because I can imagine that that is just incredibly frustrating. Like he wants to, he wants to, bully someone. And in this game, the wizards were literally just putting small dudes on him. Like they had Raul Neto on him in the first half. They had Spencer Dinwiddie on him in the second half, which Julius eventually found a way to take advantage of and got a, a couple of buckets, but they did that knowing that help was going to be able to come because they didn't really have any fear of like, they're like Evan Fournier is two for 13, like shoot away my guy. And it's, it's been that type of stretch and season. It doesn't excuse the lack of effort. It doesn't excuse the inconsistency for Julius Randall. But if I'm looking for the most generous angle, it's that. And that a lot of times when he throws like great passes out of those situations, they don't really get paid off. That That's not enough to explain how he's playing. But I think in some ways, maybe we should have seen this a little bit more because like, this is again, the guy he was for the majority of his career. This is definitively not who he was last season, but this is who he was for long stretches. And I mean, not even for long stretches, like six of his seven seasons or so. Um, and we have to kind of like take a step back and say, all right, if he is this guy going forward, uh, what does that mean for the New York Knicks? Is that is that time to trade him? Is that time to supplement him with Obi a little bit more? Probably a conversation for another day. Uh, Alex, was there anyone else you wanted to hit on uh, before we wrap this one up? No, I'm tired to talk about this game. This game sucked. I'm just, Jericho I'm, Simpson I'm won it. cool dunk. I'll, I'll say that. He, he, he yeah, was, Jericho Simpson. Yeah, cool. He faked like it, it was. It was just a cool play. Like he faked like he was going to set a screen on Kemba, and then he just kept running towards the rim. Great pass by Burks. Uh, I don't want to say anything else. That was that was it. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, so that's it for this episode of Lockdown Knicks. That's it for this week. We're gonna uh, we're not gonna do like a immediate reaction to the Christmas Day game because uh, I'll be celebrating and uh, and you know visiting family and stuff. So. We'll get the recap to that, to the Hawks game out on Monday. Uh, so I'll take this opportunity to just say to anyone that celebrates, that listens, you know, Merry Christmas to you. Hope you enjoy uh, the holiday. To those of you that don't celebrate, hope you enjoy just the day off. <laughs> Not that it would normally be. It's a Saturday this year. So I guess that's kind of bittersweet. Um, yeah. Well, Alex, but... my fellow tribesmen, Chinese food in a movie. So big, there you go. Big day yeah, for us goes... too. Go see Spider-Man No Way Home if you haven't already uh, on, on Christmas and get some Chinese food. So, yeah. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We got some great shows coming up for you as usual uh, leading up to then the new year. So hopefully new year, new Knicks at this rate. Uh, but we'll see how things go on Christmas Day. Until next time, though, thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys all soon. Peace out.